Welcome to Imperfect Nutrition. I'm your host, Stephanie, holistic nutritionist and trainer. In this podcast, we tackle the all or nothing mindset by providing an imperfect approach to your health and wellness. We empower you to embrace imperfection so you can become your most highest version of self. So fuck perfection and join us on this episode. Hello and welcome to Imperfect Nutrition. I am your host, Stephanie, and today we're going to be talking about how to ease anxiety. So anxiety is something that I think all of us, you know, deal with maybe not every single day, but I think for the most part, a lot of us get anxious. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, why this happens. So anxiety, what I think about when I think about anxiety is just like almost like this impending doom or just like a worry, right? We usually get anxious because we're worried about something that is going to happen in the future. So we're thinking about, you know, possible outcomes right so i think that people that have anxiety i really like to think about it from like kind of we probably inherited this anxiety in a sense i think that um when i look at like my family tree and everything like that um there is a lot of people that are you know like highly anxious in my family and i think that is like kind of passed down so there's something called epi Uh, genetics and basically what happens is that when you are um, a baby when you are when your mom is pregnant um, if she is like really anxious during the pregnancy that can be basically like in your DNA essentially right so it can be like passed down from like generations and generations um, this like kind of anxiety right so basically what's happening in the brain there are some neurotransmitters one of them is called GABA and this is decreased where another neurotransmitter called glutamate is increased so glutamate is very excitatory so it could be one or two of the things right so it could be that GABA is decreased and it could be that glutamate is increased so with epigenetics kind of what's happening is it is it can be like what I like to say is that genetics loads the gun and environment pulls the trigger right so our behaviors and our environment can actually change the way our DNA is expressed. So let's say um, that you are, you know, um, a child and something happens that's very stressful or traumatic. Um, This could actually change the way your DNA is and how it is expressed. So these things can carry on to, you know, adulthood. But the great thing about this is that it also means that we can, you know, kind of turn off these genes as well. So the way the way you act during the day, the behaviors you have, the habits you have, you can actually change your your genetics in a sense, right? Because you can change the way it's expressed. So you can't change like the actual DNA, the sequence of the DNA, but you can change how this DNA is expressed and how it's read basically in the body, which I think is really cool and shows us that, you know, all of these things that we struggle with, it really just comes from our mind and our mindset and the behaviors and the actions that we do on a day-to-day basis. 
So I'm not going to sit here and say that I never have anxiety or I'm never anxious anymore, but I have come a very long way from when I was a child. So when I was a child, I was very like anxious, very socially anxious, and I would um, almost like cry and um my face would turn really, really red when I did public speaking. So for for me to be doing this right now and, and jumping on a live every single day is actually just insane. Um, and that even happened with me when I was bodybuilding and I was posing and stuff. I would shake and I would feel the anxiety and the adrenaline. And um, it would almost like make me feel sick before I went on stage. Uh, and, you know, I still get those feelings, but I, I really try to change the conversation in my head when I'm feeling this way. So instead of it being like a worry and me thinking I'm going to fail or mess up, I feel that nervousness and I think of it as nerves of excitement, not of, you know, impending doom or something bad is going to happen. And a way you can do this is really being able to tap in with your breathing. And I know that sounds so lame and it's just like okay Steph you're just telling me to breathe but if you do like two minutes of breathing you can actually calm yourself down and put yourself more into a relaxed state so it takes about like 90 seconds in order for you to kind of get from this very excited state to a relaxed state. So you have to do about like two minutes or a minute and a half of breathing exercises and like deeply breathing. Um, and, and as long as you don't like kind of re-trigger yourself um, and like kind of uh, just go through the cycles in our head, because I know when you have anxiety, you know, you go through these cycles and you keep repeating and repeating and repeating right and um you know something you can do is focusing on your breath so your breath is very powerful and when you do a deep inhale in and you fill up your stomach and then you do that deep uh that deep exhale the that actually is slowing down your heart rate. So you are changing that that physiology that's happening when you, you know, maybe feel like an anxiety attack coming on or you feel a lot of anxiety or nervousness or anxiousness. And if you do that for two minutes, when you focus on your breath, you know, it's it's helping you focus not be so much in your head and kind of almost outside of your body and really just like focusing on what your body is doing and focusing on something. And I think this is important why we should do things like visualization, really just, you know, focusing on a target and what you're trying to do. And I also find that, you know, this is why weightlifting and training can be so therapeutic because we are focusing on the movement. We're not focusing on, you know, the worries of the day. Maybe we are, and then we have a shitty workout, but for the most part, if you really focus on your workout and what you're doing and what your body's doing, then you are going to get that almost like a meditation. And a lot of people get like this when they do running as well. They get like almost a meditation. They get like a, it's called a runner's high, right? All those endorphins, it's making you feel good. But it's also because you're focused on your movement and you're focused on a target. Like I'm trying to get this workout done. I'm trying to lift this weight. And instead of focusing on all the worries that you might have. So 
I'll tell you um, some of the things that I like to do. So the two minutes of breathing, and if you don't have time to do two minutes of breathing, do six big inhales and exhales. And that can actually help as well. So if you don't have two minutes to spare for, you know, breathing, then, you know, taking two, sorry, um, taking six, you know, breaths can be really, really helpful and not just a, because when you do that, you actually speed up your heart rate. So when you um, breathe very fast, you are, you're speeding up your heart rate and that can cause like more adrenaline and more anxiousness and nervousness. So it has to be very slow and controlled breaths and really focusing on that exhale because the exhale is when we are lowering the heart rate. Um, the next thing I have is drinking water. So I find when we are in a dehydrated state, that can make us feel very anxious as well. Um, so something that I like to do is I like to get some of these zero Gatorades or Powerades. Um, so not just hydrating with water, but hydrating with electrolytes because electrolytes get very um, depleted when we are in a stressful state. So when we are in an anxious state, it is a stressful state of our body, right? So making sure that you replace replenish these electrolytes can be very helpful and that might actually ease your anxiety. So when I'm in between meals and I am very tired, I'm feeling a little bit anxious because I'm so tired and my blood sugar is low, I go and grab um, a Gatorade and I find that very helpful. It increases my energy. It helps me feel good. Um, and sometimes that's just what you need. You just need some more hydration. The next thing I kind of want to talk about is blood sugar management. So a lot of anxiety and worries sometimes can happen when we have low blood sugar. So when we aren't properly fed, we are more in an agitated state, right? So when our blood sugar is really low, we can be extremely agitated. So making sure that we um, control our blood sugar. So something that I like to tell my clients all the time is making sure you have some protein in your meal. Uh, just because it's going to help slow down the rate of how glucose is going to be absorbed, okay? So it's slowing down that rate. Same with fiber. So protein and fiber should be staples in all of your meals because this is going to help manage your blood sugar a lot better. Another thing is to not fast. If you're a very anxious person, I would not recommend fasting because you are going to go into that ketosis state, right? And your blood sugar is very low. And if you're not used to fasting, that can that can be a very anxiety provoking thing. So making sure that we don't fast and that we're eating every two to three hours, um, making sure that we have a good combination of protein and fiber, all these things are gonna help manage, manage our blood sugar a lot better. And the reason why I'm talking about the blood sugar management again is because, you know, anxiety and low blood sugar really replicate each other if you look up the symptoms. So sometimes when we're feeling anxious, we're feeling confused and flustered, sometimes we just need a meal, right? Uh, another thing that I want to mention is a lot of people when they are anxious or socially anxious, they try to go for alcohol. And that is something that I did for a very, very long time. I tried to go for alcohol to calm my nerves, right? But the thing that it does is it will temporarily um, calm your nerves. It will make you feel more of a relaxed state because you are getting this really big dopamine hit and your serotonin increases as well. So serotonin is um, a neurotransmitter. So is dopamine. So when these two increase, we feel like a, like a, ah, right. So when we have, um, 
a higher serotonin and dopamine, we're in more of a relaxed state. We feel that kind of high, right? So, you know, going for a drink, it, it maybe it will temporarily relieve your anxiety. But the thing that happens with drinking alcohol is after when we are done drinking and it we're coming down from the alcohol, um, it actually works as a depressant. So because dopamine and serotonin are getting like basically supercharged in the system, uh, we're going to have a drop of that. And that drop can cause a lot of anxiety. So I used to be extremely anxious when I was hungover because of this drop, right? And it would affect me mentally like a lot. And like, it would be like two, three days where I needed to recover and not just from the hangover, but from like the drop of uh, neurotransmitters that I was having. So avoiding alcohol, because what it's going to do is this is what people do is that they're very anxious. They want to calm down. They have a drink. So then it spikes up and then it goes down, right? And you have this really, really big drop um, and you're at like a lower baseline. And so then your body kind of picks up and you get a little bit more dopamine throughout the week uh, once the hangover is over and then you get anxious or stressed out about another thing so then you go and you drink again and you're just creating this cycle right and it's not actually helping um another thing i think i want to talk about is like the emotional eating aspect so the reason why eating calms us down is because this is like one of the things that calmed us down as a baby right like you would get milk from your mom and that would calm you down like instantly so this is like one of the biggest soothing things that we do um but what happens when we do like more of binge eating or i don't even want to say emotional eating because emotion we eat from emotions like kind of all the time all eating's kind of uh, uh like emotional eating right but when we when we self-sabotage and we overeat and we overconsume, this is when you know we feel a lot of guilt right we might feel like some temporary relief and then we feel a lot of guilt and shame right so being able to kind of tune in with that and not using substances or food for you know being able to help with that so again like i said managing your blood sugar making sure that we're not fasting too long those are things that you can do adding more protein and fiber to help slow down the digestion of carbohydrates um and not spiking the blood sugar so much but you know for emotional eating or binge eating and stuff like that you know this is just a temporary relief right um and and i do think there is like comfort foods that we can have but you know Something that I would rather us do is is making sure that we are managing our blood sugar, drinking more water, um, practicing these breathing techniques, and really grounding ourselves. And instead of using, you know, substances or food, we can use our mind and, and our body to actually work with us, right? And I think like another thing to kind of consider is maybe like some grounding techniques. So. Um, one of the things that you could do, it's called the rule of three. So um, the first thing you're going to do is focus on your site. So look, uh, point out three things and name them. So look at three things and name them. So in front of me, I see a pencil, I see a book, I see a mirror, you know, um, and then the next thing is going to be hearing like, what do you hear? I hear the cars outside. I hear my computer laptop fan. Um, and what else am I hearing? Um, 
I don't know. I can't think of a third thing. I guess like me, <laughs> I hear myself. <laughs> and then the the third thing is moving. So moving like three body parts. So like your fingers, your toes, your shoulders, right? So this is like a, a way that you can kind of ground yourself and get your back, but get yourself back to reality. And this can really help you ease with the anxiety because, like I said, the anxiety is the worry of the future, right? So getting yourself back to reality and grounding yourself. Um, another great grounding technique to do that I, I really love is making sure that your feet are planted. So if you feel anxious, really make sure that your feet are planted and really just do like a nice body scan. So feel if there's any tension anywhere, really just tune in. Like, is there any tension in your forehead, your neck, your shoulders, your arms, your legs, your hips, you know, really tune in with your, your body and do like a nice body scan. And that can, that can definitely help with maybe easing some of your anxiety. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. And if if you did find it helpful, please share with someone else and uh, we will talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, and share with your friends. And if you wanted to do some online coaching with me, you can DM me on Instagram. That is at a step above the rest. Make sure you put an F with the step. Thanks, guys.